Welcome, Bird Gang. It's a football Friday. Love Fridays. On today's show, the Cardinals are in badly need of a win. So what will it take on Sunday to get the job done? Mike Jarecki has his three keys for a victory, plus the always popular X Factor. But first, some news and notes. Biggest news involving Larry Fitzgerald. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 369, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So good news, Bird Gang, and it's the news that we expected, although it's better, MJ, when you hear it from the general manager and you hear it from the head coach. Yes, Larry Fitzgerald will be in uniform on Sunday, and he will play. We still have the question, though, of just how much. According to Kingsbury, they are going to be smart with Fitz because he hasn't done a whole lot this week, but good to have number 11 back on the field. Yeah, and he uh, was able to show up on Wednesday. Uh, he'd been cleared uh, the previous Friday, but he still had to go through the protocols and, and be tested every day, just like every NFL player is, regardless if you're in, in the COVID, uh, you know, I guess, reserve list. Yeah, and, and Steve kind of mentioned on Doug and Wolf on Friday, you know, uh, I think we all know when this guy leaves, we're going to miss him. I mean, I think I'm stating the obvious, but, you know, when, when he's around, I mean, he brings credibility, he brings leadership, and he's Larry Fitzgerald. So, and he, you know, he relayed a story to us, didn't give any details, but he did watch it, uh, the games over the last couple of weeks. We talked about it briefly. And, you know, we'll see if the Cardinals uh, were listening. I'm assuming they were. And, you know, before we get into some of the, you know, the matchups and details, you know, every week people want to say, well, how'd they practice? Well, first of all, we only get a chance to watch the first 20 minutes. We can ask players. And if one player told me we didn't practice well this week, well, that that wouldn't go over. But when you talk to different players about how the practice was, they're talking about attention to the detail, getting back to the basics, energy, you know, taking accountability from one another, do your job. It's a team game, but if everyone's on the same page, 11 on 11, you know, then all of a sudden that's probably going to be a, a productive play. So I like what we're hearing, but we're going to judge everything what happens on Sunday starting at 11 a.m. Chase Edmonds said there was a lot more energy on the field. Marcus Golden, quote, we practiced hard. Kingsbury, quote, I feel great about the week of practice. And you mentioned it, MJ. It's all good to hear. Now we need to see it because – We've heard this before, and it seems that's become a theme that Monday through Saturday, everything looks good, sounds good, but you get to Sunday, and then something's just off, and all it takes is one player, and that's what Chase Edmonds mentioned a couple of times. you got to have all 11 players. It can't just fall on Kyler Murray when we're talking about the offense, but every one of those players on the field whose ever name gets thrown out there as far as that particular play, that particular series, that particular drive, they all need to know their assignments, and I think some of that's been missing, and all it takes is just a little bit of a slip-up, and then yeah, everything just you know kind of blows up in their face. Yeah, and it, it, it can't be, uh, you know, to week, week, you know, they say the 24-hour rule, but this team knows they're, they've lost, what, you know, four of the last five. 
Um, you know, there, there are no losing streak right now. I mean, they don't live in a vacuum, but I like the attitude. It's all you can do. I mean, it's a cliche after Monday, maybe a little bit of Tuesday because they can't be at the facility. But, you know, you listen to Joe Judge when they get to Wednesday, he moved on from Seattle. Don't want any more questions about Seattle. So um, but I, I like the fact that they're not hanging their hat or why us or I wish we could have Chandler back. Every team has injuries. So they, they I, again, I what I'm disappointed in and frustrated from a standpoint was there's these last few games, there's been something at stake, whether it's a division game, whether it was an AFC game, uh, whether it was a home game, there was so much at stake. So we shouldn't be talking about, you know, this team being on a losing streak, but it happened. And now you got four games to go. Um, we know, you know, they're still trying to figure out their offense, but I do like the fact that they're, they know there's only four games left. Otherwise the season's over. So uh, better than hanging your hat and just looking at the calendar going, when's the season over? And I'm going home. Head up, eyes forward for the Arizona Cardinals here in week 14. Some other items as far as the injury reports is concerned, because as we noted during yesterday's show, DeAndre Hopkins and Kenyon Drake both showed up on the injury reports because of injuries on Thursday. We know Hopkins did not practice on Wednesday, but that was not injury related. However, on Thursday, he was limited, or excuse me, he was a DNP because of a neck and back issue, and Drake was limited because of a hip issue. Kingsbury, though, said Hopkins is, quote, ready to roll on Sunday, just some soreness, and the same thing with Drake. So that is all good news, but you certainly don't like to see when you have a player, regardless of position, all of a sudden midweek, and I'm talking about on Thursday, that all of a sudden you show up with a different injury or a new injury because that leads to speculation. And as we did yesterday, you know, did something happen in practice? And according to Kingsbury, it was just more out of precaution and because of some soreness. So some of that you expect after 13 weeks in the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, we know that Hop doesn't practice on Wednesdays. Um, you know, obviously if something pops up, you know, towards the end of the week, you know, you want to make sure he's okay because we know he shows up on game day and we know he's going to be a big part of this offense down the stretch. Uh, I, I think everyone knows uh, when he's targeted X amount of times and, you know, whether it's on third down, because when, when I was bringing up those third downs, probably the first six weeks of the season, he had a ton of third down conversions, ton. Like he loved the team. Usually it's Larry or, you know, maybe Kenyon Drake, I think he was third. Uh, Larry's missed a few games. So, yeah, I mean, he's got to be a big part. And whether they move him around or whether they, uh, you know, um, try to get him on one-on-one matchups, take some shots down the field. I mean, you got to have protection there. So he's going to be a big part of what they uh, what they want to do offensively. And then you got to fill in the blank with the other guys. But I, I do think, you know, just based on knowing what he can accomplish. And again, nothing against their receipt, uh, their corners. Um, you know, they got some guys that have played well uh, in the frame of the defense, but we're not talking about the Tredavious Whites, Jalen Ramsey's, um, you know, Lattimore's out there. So I'm not, it's the NFL and they play as a team in, 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 with the Giants, but I'm just saying he's got to be a big part of this offense. And then let, let a couple other guys, you know, put their hand in the pile and be, be part of it. Hopkins and Drake officially listed as questionable. Some other players on the offensive end, and this is never good, MJ. Kelvin Beecham limited in Friday's practice because of a back injury. He's listed as questionable. 
not expecting him to miss the contest. But again, when you show up on the injury report for the first time on a Thursday, let alone a Friday, that does raise a little bit of a red flag. Also, kicker Zane Gonzalez, a back injury, made him a limited participant on Friday. He's listed as questionable. So now that becomes a concern because you only have Andy Lee active, and then you'd have to make a move. That would be Mike Nugent off the practice squad as far as elevating him to the active roster. And now you'd have to think, you know, does he travel? Is he headed to New York? My guess is, yes, he is, because you don't know. You're getting on a flight to New York on Saturday, and your kicker is dealing with a back injury. Yeah, I did not see Zane in the open portion of practice. Uh, sometimes guys are, you know, you know, usually when it comes to the punters, long snapper, and the, uh, the kickers out there, you, they kind of st- stand behind some of the scissors so I don't get a chance to see him. But, yeah, I mean – uh, I did see Beecham out there. He was stretching uh, during practice. It was a stretching when they were, you know, moving their bodies on, like they're doing like some yoga stuff, um, which people can't see right now. Um, yeah, but I, uh, you always got to have a backup plan. We know that. But Kelvin Beecham, um, they're going to need him um, because we'll get into some of those matchups. I, I really like their front four and their front seven. Now, with regard to Gonzalez, ahead of his name showing up on the injury reports, he was once again the subject of General Manager Steve Kimes' weekly appearance on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station on Doug and Wolf and asked once again if Gonzalez is the kicker. And Kime, I thought, had a little bit more of a definitive statement with respects to Gonzalez and where he stands right now with the team because – Yes, you can't keep giving him chances if he's going to miss these kicks. Yet at the same time, according to Kime, quote, when you make changes like that, you have to be 100% confident, in my opinion, that the new player is a significant upgrade to switch guys around and move people, end quote. MJ, this team has, I'm sure, had the discussion probably daily about what to do with Zane Gonzalez and the kicker position, but it's it's not just as easy in picking up the phone and calling someone there's in those comments from Kime, there is no one better right now than Zane Gonzalez. Shocker. That's what we've been saying throughout the COVID. They do have a, a kicker on the roster. He's 38 years old. Um, he doesn't have the same leg as, as Zane. You're going to say, well, is he accurate? Well, I mean, depending on the distance. I mean, he's a guy that kicks off probably to the 10 or 12, 15 yard line. That's not good. You're giving up field position, but let's focus on Zane. Um, Again, uh, he knows what his job is. Uh, He's, you know, I got to think he's in a funk, but the the only way you're going to get out of it is go out there and make some kicks, whether it's the first quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, game's on the line. That's the only way it's going to get better. Uh, but, you know, there's really there's a reason why these guys were on the street. I'm sure there's uh, we go to YouTube right now and put in free agent kickers and probably a 50 guys would show up and there's no rush. They got their nephew holding the ball for him, which is great. Uh, you getting out him out some uh, doing some exercises. Um, you know, Chandler Catanzaro's out there. He's bounced around. He, he had, you know, situations with between the ears and they all do. Neil Rackers. I mean. It happens, but I agree with Steve. There's one eight hundred looking for a kicker. Nobody there. Okay. Well, let's look back at our roster and just 
you know, being tongue in cheek. Trust me, there's frustration and disappointment that Zane Gonzalez has not made those field goals. Yeah, you can't just change for change sake. Um, if there was a better option, they would be brought in to compete or to replace. And right now, Cardinals will go with Zane Gonzalez, but we will keep an eye as far as moves potentially ahead of Sunday's kickoff at 11 a.m. with respect to the kicker position. More on the injury report before we get into Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory, plus the always popular X factor as we turn to the Cardinals defense because two players have been ruled out defensively. We knew about Jalen Thompson because of that ankle injury. He did not practice at all this week. He was ruled out early in the week. Jonathan Joseph, a neck injury. He did not practice this week. He has been ruled out. So some depth now at the cornerback position. You do have a Patrick Peterson. You do have a Drake Kirkpatrick and a Byron Murphy. But then that is it as far as corners are concerned with Joseph out. Do they make a move from the practice squad, elevate someone to the active roster? We'll keep an eye on that. And then Isaiah Simmons, who we mentioned on Thursday, showed up on the injury report as a DNP because of neck and back issues, limited on Friday. He is officially listed as questionable, so that is good. And then Devondre Campbell will be a game day decision, questionable because of an ankle injury. He did not practice at all this week. Yeah, I, I think that one's up in the air and that would open the door for Isaiah Simmons. And then we know that Zeke Turner and Tanner Vallejo could be some of their sub packages. But you're talking about a guy that's going to, you know, increase his snap count. And, um, you know, Chase Whitaker, again, if you're looking for another corner, but he's a slot guy. Um, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see on Saturday uh, if they're going to elevate anybody on the practice from the practice squad. So, yeah, I mean, this could be a good opportunity, but you'd rather have Campbell in there. Um, I think he was good early and then, you know, missed some tackles, bad angles. And I think they're better when he's on the field. I can definitely say that. That's the way I feel because of the experience uh, standpoint. But you're still going to have Jordan Hicks. You're still going to have Reddick and Golden and, you know, guys, uh, you know, that have some experience playing in this system. Now, with respect to that cornerback position, every single week the Cardinals, or I should say every single team, protects is allowed to protect for practice squad players, meaning those players cannot be poached by other teams. That's a new rule here in 2020 because of COVID-19 and all the different protocols. Well, the Cardinals, their four players that they have protected this week do include two corners. You mentioned one of them in Jace Whitaker. The other one is Prince Amukamara, a name that has certainly come up a lot this season with the Bird Gang, a local kid wanting to see him now get an opportunity with the Cardinals. Is that this week? I don't know. My guess it would be Whitaker because he has been elevated to the active roster a couple of different times this season. So just, again, I would fully expect a roster move or two. Don't forget Jordan Phillips is out there as well. He might be available to go this week if they make him active to the active roster as far as uh, that designation is concerned after spending some time on IR. So a lot of moving parts on this defensive end, MJ, that you don't really like to see on a Friday ahead of a game day. Yeah, and because of Jonathan Joseph's versatility, you know, that's why he was that fourth cornerback. The thing about Murphy, it's not ideal, um, but he can also play on the outside. And we know Chase Whitaker, based on his size, is more of an inside cornerback. And, you know, Vance, he was getting first-team reps when guys were injured in camp. 
um, or just in different sub packages for a day uh, or a week that would come, we'd have to play. And, and Vance gave gave us uh, this this answer. It's more of a controlled environment. So at that time, they couldn't put a ton on this plate. But here here um, is a situation where you got to. I think you have to dress for. I th- I just don't think you could afford it. And not you know they're going to run a lot of tight ends and you know I mean wide receivers, eleven personnel. They could line up two tight ends two running backs. So you, d- you definitely want to have some experience out there and Prince Dub has experience, but I just haven't seen it to where I can say, you know, our team's going to target him knowing that he hasn't played a single down um, since he was released from the Raiders. Here we are in week 14 MJ, and we have spent a considerable amount of time on a football Friday here on Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals talking about injuries. One, You don't like to do that here, Bird Gang. But two, it says something that here we are in week 14 and we've spent 15 minutes talking about injuries because I think that also says a lot about the health of this team because now all of a sudden it seems like it's come full circle as far as offense, defense, and now special teams. Earlier, it was just one side of the ball or one position group. Now you're seeing it from all sides. And if you're head coach Cliff Kingsbury, there's going to be some decisions to be made over the next 48 hours. Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad we talked about Larry Fitzgerald first. <laughs> yeah. We, we start with the good news here. We start with the good news and then let everyone else want to know. What yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, catches five or seven passes. Again, we don't know which role, but just our point was it's just being there. It makes, it makes a difference. It's calmness, stability, um, you know, uh, leadership, but that's where you are. I mean, it's, it seems like the, the defense has been hit with the injury bug more than the offense and knock on wood, there's still four games to go. Bird gang. We invite you to update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. All right, MJ, we have wasted enough time here on this football Friday Cardinals looking in a three-game losing streak. They are six and six. They play the five and seven Giants, who are on a four-game winning streak. Let's hope the Cardinals put a dent in that and stop this roll that the Giants are on. So for that to happen, everyone wants to know Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory. What is number one? Cardinals must be able to run the football. Giants rush defense holds opposing teams to four yards per carry. We know the Cardinals are averaging between five and five, two throughout the year. They're ninth overall and only four teams have been given up less than hundred yards on the ground. And the giants are one of those teams, 96.7. So when you look at the giants and uh, their rush defense, uh, they do a good job keeping the ball in front of them. They don't give up, you know, big yardage. And, you know, we'll talk about first and second down. you got to get positive yards there so you're not in third and long. So the Cardinals, even though they like to throw the football on first and second down, just like a lot of other teams, they have to get in manageable. So the Giants, the Cardinals have to run the ball against that Giants front seven. And they've done a good job so far. And they did a really good job in Seattle last week. And I was, you know, looking at the Seahawks when they got Chris Carson back with the – uh, the backup, Carlos Hyde, I thought that's a really good one-two punch. And here Seattle loses to the Giants, and they were able to pretty much shut Russell, Russell Wilson down. His quarterback rating was 54.3. So, 
Again, I still think you got to be able to run the football. We know they haven't run the football as well. And I didn't mention Kyler Murray. I'm just saying in general, they got to get something out of Kenyon Drake. We know Chase Edmonds is from that area of Fordham. Um, he's a guy that's a dual back. He can do both. Um, he's been very successful in the Meadowlands against the uh, Giants last year when he got a chance to play, and then also against the Jets. So maybe a little home cooking for Chase Edmonds. But, again, you have to be able to run the football, um, and that will take a little pressure off your defense when it comes to the Giants' offense. The success that Edmonds has had in his brief career at MetLife Stadium, he's only played there twice, last year against the Giants, this year against the Jets, and he has four, count them, four of his seven career rushing touchdowns at that stadium. All four have covered at least 20 yards, so he certainly would love to continue that stretch. Cardinals would love to see it as well. And it's either going to be Edmonds or Drake because, yes, let's just assume the Giants are going to take away Kyler Murray. Teams before the Giants have done that. So it falls on Drake and Edmonds to pick up that slack and carry the running load. Yeah, and last year, if I'm not mistaken, it rained in New York, and that was the first game Patrick Peterson came back, and they got a little uh, charged from there. But, you know, at the time, you can have family and friends, and I'm sure when they flew in there, he got a chance to have, you know, probably dinner with his his family there. And um, as he said, he, when he, when they went there to play the jets, it was totally different. Uh, no fans. They're secluded to the hotel and it's a business trip. So not the same atmosphere as, as last year, but again, very effective in that building and then that surrounding area uh, going to Fordham. So, you know, again, I, whoever has the hot hand, maybe you ride that guy, but I do like the one, two punch if the offensive line can open up some holes. Now, overall, the Cardinals running game ranks number four in the NFL as far as yards per game. But we haven't seen that running game over the past couple of weeks. So they got off to a great start. And that number as far as yards per game and yards per carry has slowly dropped in recent weeks. But it does show the ability that the Cardinals can run the football even without a Kyler Murray. And that's going to be key. And I like that number one, Mike Jarecki, key for a win is to run the football, forget Kyler Murray. Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, it's on your shoulders. All right. Number two, stating the obvious, now that Larry Fitzgerald's back, I just, I just want them to get Hop and Fitz involved early. In other words, find some rhythm in the offense. Um, you can't afford to go four consecutive drives, three and out. You have again first and second down are just as important as third. Get a manageable third and three, third and four. Uh, I'm just saying from a fit standpoint, maybe you get the spacing and and they'll have to defend uh, the entire field because I don't know how much you're going to see the four wide. I do think it could be a wrinkle and probably when you're down though, and I don't like that, um, but it does have some up, upside to it. But they do go with an up tempo offense. And if you want to go with your 11 personnel, regardless of the tight end and Drake or Edmonds, I would assume Christian Kirk can get, get back on the outside. Kirk um, fits in the, in the slot and Hopkins. But I, I think it's early, early in the game to get those guys involved. It could be Kirk, but I, I just think what Fitz catches the ball, it means something. He, he, he said it himself. I bring energy to the field. And so I'm taking that cue right there. So uh, we know Hop's going to get his targets. I don't want to see all these targets in the second half, though. No, it's got to come early and get that first first down. 
and then everything kind of flows off yeah. of that, and you're not getting a three and out. Now, you can throw against this Giants secondary. They have been tested, but they have passed a lot of those tests. James Bradbury, 16 passes defensed. Jabril Peppers, 10 passes defense. So teams are looking at that Giants defense and saying, we can win those one-on-one matchups or we can throw against their zone coverage. Yet the Giants are saying, all right, bring it on. And then they're getting their hands on a lot of footballs. And that might be something to where, yeah, if Kyler Murray takes some chances, just be aware if one ball gets net batted down or if you throw one interception, that's fine. Come back the next drive and keep doing it. Don't get discouraged. And I think we've seen more of the frustration out of Kyler Murray and trying to do too much in these last three games. It's also on the wide receivers to get separation. We know they're not getting a lot of yards after catch, run after catch. And a lot of times they're getting hit and they're getting plastered. And I think, you know, you go back to the Buffalo game, you go back to the Patriots game. I think it was last week. I mean, as I pointed out, you get to the month of December, you're seeing a much more tackling defense. Uh, They know, what's at stake. They know it's a physical game that you get to that point in the year. You studied your opponent based on the last four games. So um, nothing they do is going to surprise it, you know, unless they, you know, when they say go back to basics, that's going back to running the football, winning one-on-one matchups, that's winning at the line of scrimmage. And so be it. I mean, I don't think you should you just try to change your offense. This is who you are. You do that in the off season, but you can make tweaks to it and you add stuff and take out stuff and, you know, you know, I'm just curious to see with how different it will look and maybe it'll look the same, but better results. So run the ball, get Hopkins and Fitzgerald involved early. Keys number one and two for Mike Jarecki for the Cardinals to end this three-game losing streak. What is key number three? Keep Daniel Jones in a pocket, make him one-dimensional, which means you can slow down the run game. So if you're effective in the first and second down, they're not getting – chunk yards, put him in third and nine. Um, he will have a tendency to run. He's a big guy. He's kind of like Josh Allen. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. So maybe, you know, they don't want him running out there. Um, but I do think you can make him one dimensional. He, he has a strong arm, but there's times when it's not thrown right to the receivers. And we, the Cardinals feel like they got enough veteran guys in the secondary that maybe they can force some turnovers. But you know, if you're if, if they're getting gashed in the run game, it's going to allow him to play action. And he's a big guy. He can stay in the pocket. He can take the hits. So you, you, you want to make him uncomfortable. So I think keeping him in one dimensional. And then again, you're, I'm not saying they're going to shut the run game. I'm saying contain it. I'm saying, you know, have a couple tackle for losses. Put him at second and nine so they got to think about it twice. Um, they got a really good tight end in Evan Ingram. So he's going to be a safety net. You know, Golden Tate's a good right uh, wide receiver. He can run good routes from the slot. You know, Sterling Shepard is a guy you're going to make sure he doesn't get behind you. So they have weapons. But, again, they are starting a rookie left tackle. He's been up and down. He's played well as late. They, they went out and got Cam Irving on the right side. So they do have some protection. But, again, these guys haven't played a ton of time together. So that could be uh, something the Cardinals look for. But just keep him in the pocket. And I'd rather have him beat us with his arm than their running game and him running for an 80-yard touchdown. It will be interesting because of that hamstring injury, just how they utilize Jones as far as scrambling or shifting the pocket one way or the other. He was a full participant, though, at Friday's practice, officially listed as questionable. So there is that note. But I'm with you. 
if he is going to beat the Arizona Cardinals, let him throw the football because I'm more comfortable as a Cardinals defense looking at Daniel Jones saying, you've got eight touchdown passes, nine interceptions. You fumble the ball seven times, four lost fumbles. You put that football in jeopardy a lot. And I think the Cardinals should have an opportunity to get a couple of takeaways on Sunday. Yeah, I'm curious to see how much he's in the shotgun. And then when it comes to that stretch play, I mean, usually you could be in the gun, and that's more of a pitch or an option play. But if you're under center, you've got to get out that stretch play. And sometimes – and he's not, he's not a small guy. He's a big guy. I'm sure he weighs 230 pounds probably. So that stretch play, he may have – you got to get out there. Otherwise, you're going to get hit, and, and the play could get um, you know screwed up, so to speak, where you can force – Cardinals – any defense can force a turnover. So – yeah, that's something to look for early on. Um, I, I don't know if they'll call the game differently. I mean, Jason Garrett, we know his background is getting the tight ends involved, taking some shots down the field. If you want to load the box up, we know Zeke Elliott, you know, put up big numbers there. They had a really good offensive line. I still think they're growing as an offense, and I, I don't think they want to get into a shootout with the Cardinals because uh, I'm sure you watch it. I watched uh, Joe Judge's press conference. And it's all he kept using. This is a very explosive offense. They got explosive wide receivers. The quarterback can do so many different things. He was asked about, is he a little bit of Russell Wilson? He, he didn't say he was. I mean, he, he thought he was a little bit different. And I think that's because he's got four three speed. And he can stop on a dime. Wilson's more a little bit lumber. You know, we know Russell Wilson's a very accurate quarterback on the down the field throws. But he wasn't ready to compare those two. Judge waxed poetic about the Arizona Cardinals this week. I thought we were like 11 and two. It was kind of reminiscence of Lou Holtz back in the day, the <laughs> former Notre Dame head coach when he would dissect the opponent for that week. And yeah, listening to judge on Wednesday, you thought this Cardinals team was undefeated. So um, a little bit, we're talking tongue in cheek here, but uh, to the point, Yes, the Giants do not score a lot. They average less than 20 points a contest this season. So you get into a shootout. I mean, I don't even think the Giants have the capability to get into a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, when Judge is saying that kind of stuff, he's talking to his team. They'll tell you they don't read. They probably all have the Giants app, and they post all their stories on there. There's a writer they they probably – no, or maybe he's written stuff about him, so they follow him. So a lot of times they're talking to their, to their players, and they'll get the message. Coach said that they're very explosive. Okay, what do you see? And then they got to tell you why. So when coaches talk like that, it's really, you know, during the week our job is to kind of be the engine for the fans and ask questions and give information out. But a lot of times I think they're talking to their team. What I would really like to see, and it's probably more personal for Marcus Golden than even he would acknowledge, and he didn't acknowledge earlier today with respect to playing a team that he was on just a few weeks ago. He called it just a regular game. He was with the Giants for seven games earlier this season, but he only played more than 35% of the defensive snaps once. He was not utilized a lot, and maybe that was why he was available to be acquired by the Arizona Cardinals. But if you're looking for payback or revenge, according to Marcus Golden, it's he's focused on this team and the goals of the defense to stop the Giants and for the team overall to get a win. 
Although I would personally like to see Marcus Golden get his hands on Daniel Jones once, twice, heck, maybe even three times. Chandler Jones last year got his hand on Jen Daniel Jones four times in that game. So maybe Marcus Golden can pull a Chandler Jones on Sunday. Yeah. Um, junkyard dog. We, we know. Let's bottom line it here. He's thrilled that the Cardinals traded for him. He was hoping that he would sign the offseason. You know, we'll let that, uh, you know, cross that bridge when we get to the offseason about what their needs and what they're, you know, what they're addressing in certain positions on free agency. But he's thrilled to be here. So to him, he wants to go back there and give him a big L. So Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory. Number one, run the football. Number two, get Hopkins and Fitzgerald involved early. Number three, make Daniel Jones one-dimensional. So that leaves us with the always popular X factor here in week 14 for the Arizona Cardinals. Third down offense, third down defense. Giants defense held the Seahawks to 12 points, 32 sacks, which is tied for eighth overall, 89 quarterbacks hits, which is third overall. And when the Giants are able to get pressure with their pass defense, an impressive 6.1 yards per play and a 78 rating they had against Russell Wilson. Giants have 20 takeaways tied for third in the NFL. We have spent a lot of time this week talking about the Cardinals' offense and defense with respect to third down. Offensively, win on first and second down, make it third and manageable. Defensively, Vance Joseph harped on it. You have to be able to get off the field and not allow the Giants to convert two, three, four third downs on a single drive. And that happened a couple of different times last week against the Rams. So, yes, I like it. Third down offense, third down defense, the X factor here for this week 14. And that can all happen. Then I certainly like the Cardinals chances. Yeah. And when I when we get into Daniel Jones, you know, keep him in the pocket one dimensional, which I believe will slow the run game down. The Giants are rushing the ball 4.5 yards per carry, 11th in the league, averaging about 119.8 yards so it's not like they're at the bottom and it's not so much time of possession. It's just, you know, it's, it's impromptu to where every week it's a different game plan based on matchups. And clearly last week they wanted to put pressure on Russell Wilson. They wanted and they want to show, show a different defense, maybe every other possession or each, uh, maybe other, other drive. And Cliff said they disguise a lot of things. So um, again, they're going to throw a lot at you. Um, so when that comes to that kind of stuff, but Wayne Gallum, I told you, he had 16 carries for 135 yards, 8.4 yards a carry. But Alfred, Alfred Morris, their short yardage back, he had two touchdowns. Um, both, te- both teams, special teams, I think the Cardinals, we know, uh, it's not been their strength just because of Zane Gonzalez. I think Andy Lee's got to be more consistent. they got to get something out of Christian Kirk on the punt returns and Chase Edmonds. Um, as for the Giants, they're kind of iffy also. I mean, it, it, they, they got Graham Gano, who's been in the league long enough. He's bounced around. But I would say the special teams is kind of even. But but I would say they're, they're a little bit more iffy where he complimented Jeff Rogers and how he tries to attack on special teams. And that was the uh, head coach of the Giants, Joe Judge, during his conference call on Wednesday. Well, and Judge is a former special teams coordinator with the Patriots. And that's something that when that's your quote unquote baby, you certainly don't want to see any slip ups. And that's kind of the one weakness, if you will, that the giants have had during this four game winning streak is their special teams. And the Cardinals, as you mentioned, have had their own issues 
special teams wise. But if Zane Gonzalez can get a couple of kicks, if Andy Lee can kick the ball better, perhaps maybe Chase Edmonds or Christian Kirk can break off a kickoff or a punt return, just give the offense a better starting point, something we haven't seen, to be honest, all season long with respect to the return game of the Cardinals. Yeah, and I, and I thought it would get a lot better. Um, and, and, you know, they have, their, they have their crew out there. I mean, you're not going to be able to keep everybody, but for the most part, between the Gardex and Turners and you throw in Trent Shurfield and Isaiah's getting a chance to play out and some of the backup cornerbacks. I mean, they, they are playing their core players. It's just, you know, one thing that, you know, when we look back at the season, we can do it right now after – you know, with four games to go is, let's be honest, certain units have been good. Certain units have been okay. Certain units have been bad, but overall inconsistent. And that's what's cost this team wins. Bird gang, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple podcast, Spotify, Google podcast, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals underground, the big red rage, the Cardinals red sea report. And of course this show Cardinals cover two. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Again, 11 a.m. is the kickoff on Sunday. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. It's the Cardinals' last trip to the East Coast. They have made trips four times previously at Carolina, at New York, obviously, when they visited the Jets, and at New England. Cardinals looking to get a second win on the East Coast here this season. It's been a lot of noise this week, MJ, and hopefully come Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, a lot of that noise has been quieted concerning the Arizona Cardinals and specifically that Cardinals offense. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to sit here and say, go out there and put 35 points up, but based on what's happened the last couple of weeks, I mean, I, I really can't say that, but I don't think you're going to have to outscore this team to where you got to get into a shootout. You're going to have to play defense. You're going to have to force them to punt. You're going to have to convert on third down, get them off the field. Um, but I like the Cardinals maybe at 27, uh, 17, 27, 20. Um, I don't think, you know, I'd like to see the Cardinals move the ball and get a lead and protect it in the fourth quarter, but I need to see it first. We've been given a lot of predictions here the last couple of weeks, and we always end it with that. We have to see it. They have to prove it to us. And when I say us, you know, talking about everyone who watches this Arizona Cardinals team, the time for talking is over. It's time to execute, put it to action. But we know, we know what the ceiling is, okay? We, we've seen it, and they've executed it. Now it's a matter of putting it together, going back to the basics, do your job. Get all 11 guys on, on the same page. It sounds it sounds like a cliche, but I'm telling you, if you got 10 guys doing their job and one's not, that's what happens. You're going to have a tackle for loss. So um, I, I've been saying it for weeks. I believe they know what's at stake, and they got enough leadership in that locker room to where, you know, it's – listen, this is playoff football. This is their playoffs. You want to get into playoffs? Start winning. Bird Gang, look forward to speaking to everyone on Sunday on Cardinal Talk and then, of course, next week here on Monday's show. And let's hope we're all talking about a Cardinals win. 
On that note, we will put a lid on this Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, a football Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.